This podcast is brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. BankInfoSecurity.com is your source for the news and views shaping security and risk management within the finance space. Vendor management touches a number of areas, including business continuity and disaster recovery planning. But how are banks tackling those areas when it comes to ensuring business continuity with third parties when disaster strikes? Donald Saxinger of the FDIC's Division of Supervision and Consumer Protection in the area of regulatory IT examinations shares his thoughts about business continuity planning and the impact SLAs have on recovery during disasters. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. This is the second part of a two-part interview with Saxinger, who wraps up his discussion about vendor management and the steps banking institutions should be taking to ensure their partnerships with vendors do not overlook key areas of business continuity. Now, I'd like to shift gears for a moment here, Don, and talk a little bit about business continuity. What are some of the specific vendor management issues that financial institutions should consider when it comes to business continuity planning? And what guidance institutions look to for examples? Well, you know, we issued um, some guidance back in 2008 through the FFIC called the Business Continuity Planning Handbook. It's another one of those handbooks that's part of our IT examination handbook. And it covers a lot of new areas uh, and, and a lot of traditional areas. One of the new areas that um, is uh, particularly related here is reliance on interdependencies. Uh, so, for example, uh, it, we have service providers, core service providers, that they, they do business continuity testing, disaster testing, banks do disaster testing. Uh, it's all in the contract, and if we do these sort of in a vacuum and not work together and, and work together to do this testing, there's a, a, occasionally some weaknesses might um, show themselves. As we saw um, a couple years ago, uh, we had some ice storms in Kentucky, and the communication lines went down between the banks and their service providers. And uh, even though we had uh, business continuity plans at both ends that worked, we had difficulty uh, implementing um, uh, certain aspects of it, particularly as far as updating uh, uh, the daily balances to the service provider. And that caused a few issues with some of the banks uh, trying to um, manage their liquidity. Another area that I saw recently on uh, business continuity was with cloud providers. I mentioned earlier Amazon. And even though um, a lot of us think of a cloud as being highly resilient, we don't always know what the extent of that resilience is. Is it just a regional backup? Is it, um, is it uh, you know, do they back up nationally? Is there a physical backup? And so if you're planning to go into the cloud to make your, say, job easier by um, having to outsource that infrastructure, there's probably a lot more planning that you have to do in understanding the contract with those service providers as far as which elements are actually covered by the cloud's uh, disaster recovery process. And uh, that's, that's a good lesson that we got out of the Amazon outage. Um, some, some institutions or some companies that planned for failure were able to um, uh, survive through that outage, while other companies that relied purely on the cloud found out that they um, were without services. 
And that's a good point that you raised on learning lessons the hard way. And I'm wondering about institutions' reliance on external providers for business continuity, whether we talk about the cloud or we talk about the cloud in addition to maybe some of these other entities that they're working with that you know, are in some way tethered to that relationship. In the wake of some of the severe storms that we've seen affecting the southeast and the midwest, what lessons can be learned? You've noted the storms in Kentucky, the ice storms that we saw a couple of years ago, but what lessons are we learning now? Well, we, when we rewrote our uh, business continuity book, we took a lot of lessons from the Katrina storms. And one of the lessons that we got out of there is some of the services that we did not previously think were critical turned out to be higher on the criticality list. For example, uh, customers' access to cash or electronic banking. Uh, we typically had thought that perhaps the teller line was more critical for people coming in. But now more and more people rely on electronic services for their banking. So we found that uh, we had to, uh, or, or many of the banks sh had to shift and learn, uh, redo their business impact assessments. So uh, that's, that's certainly a key area. So as we go through and do business impact assessments, think about all of these new services that we're, we're uh, contracting for, um, whether it's cloud or social media or mobile, where do those fit in on your business impact assessment? And Don, before we close, what final thoughts would you like to share with our audience, whether those thoughts relate to business continuity or vendor management overall? Well. Regardless of whether you, a bank performs these services internally or whether they outsource it, there is an expectation by the regulators, particularly the FDIC, that we evaluate the activities conducted through all third-party relationships as though those activities were performed by the institution itself. And that's why we place a lot of emphasis on due diligence uh, on the bank making sure that the service provider can fulfill its contractual obligations and making sure that the bank is managing those risks. Uh, there was a report that the FDIC published very recently in its uh, supervi um, supervisory journal, uh, the Supervisory Insights Journal in May, on the whole mortgage processing and foreclosure issue. And we had done some evaluations and found that some of these service providers engaged in unsafe and unsound practices that exposed uh, some financial institutions to unacceptable levels of operational compliance and legal risks. So uh, I'd wrap it up just by reminding the financial institutions, just by outsourcing it, it does not alleviate them the responsibility of managing those risks. Yeah, that's a good point. Don, I'd like to thank you again for your time today. Oh, thank you, Tracy. Again, we've just heard from Donald Saxinger of the FDIC's Division of Supervision and Consumer Protection in the area of regulatory IT examinations. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy. This podcast has been brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.bankinfosecurity.com.